0: Um, I've headed this, what are we here for? And to start with, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I have a question for you. Uh, I was hit with this question in the year 2000, the year that I was saved. Somewhere in that year, by God's glorious and to me, totally mysterious grace, I got saved. The question, what am I here for? What to do now? I was already baptised like decades ago and I did, I did that to get people off my back. So what about all that? Now I'm really saved. People are starting to talk to me about baptism, the Lord's table again. So what's different now? I had to ask myself, what does it mean now? And you? What if someone were to ask you those questions now? The questions you were asked in the lead up to your baptism? What would you say now? Interesting to think about. I can tell you what happened to me. First up I had to acknowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God who became the Son of Man so that he could give his life a ransom for me personally. That was a completely new set of clothes. This Jesus, who through all the Gospels said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the Son of God. I knew then that Jesus is indeed who he says he is. He is who he says he is. The resurrection and the life, the Alpha and Omega, and all the rest of those wonderful names and titles, it really was him saying to me, to Murray Bassett, what he says to all of us, his creatures. Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11:28. Terrifying, wonderful words, terrifying words, wonderful words. And he really can do all of it. That's our saviour. That's the great invitation, isn't it? Come unto me. And then the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 15, verse 9. That sounds like a whole new job and a total challenge. But you ask yourself again, what are you doing here now? What are you here for? I don't mean coming to this church, sitting in these pews, singing these songs, wonderful as that is. I'm talking about this table here in front of us. This table. These emblems. This bread. This cup. What comes to your mind? Most times we gather around the Lord's table, we hear our pastor quote Paul the Apostle, quoting the Lord Jesus, Do this in remembrance of me. What is it that the Lord Jesus is asking us, or should that be commanding us, to remember? Background At the last supper, after he had taken bread, blessed it, and broken it, Jesus said to his apostles, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for, the re- for many for the remission of sins. Matthew 26, verses 26 to 28. I cannot get that out of my mind. But let me quote to you from my favourite book, the big blue book, from this book. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, Skip a bit, as my son would say, then the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. In between those two verses, there's a whole lot of solid gold. Solid gold. Back to the beginning, though, Genesis 1 3 tells us, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Our God is in the business of dividing light from darkness. He lives in unapproachable light, he is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I lived and operated in darkness for decades, but as I'd only been born once, and uh, not born again at that time. It didn't seem all that dark to me, it was just life and you got what you could out of it, meanwhile covering up for all the nasty, uncomfortable bits that you didn't want people to look too closely at. I never did see the light until I was over 50 and in deep, deep trouble, and God did that. The darkness had its fingers around my throat and was choking the life out of me. That's a fearful, frightful place to be. And God did that too. So it doesn't matter who we are, where we are, or which way we're headed, God can move. Jesus said, I am the light of the world and back to the scriptures again the meal that the savior the light of the world shared with his apostles his last passover meal was over jesus knew what was coming he knew that all too soon he himself would become god's perfect sacrifice god's gift to the entire human race including me a divine gift that could have should have changed not only israel but indeed the whole world hugely It did, in in fact, do all of that, much, much more than that, but in a way that was totally crazy, totally upside down to what the Jewish religious leaders were after. And because Jesus Christ did the opposite of what they were looking for, they wanted him dead. He trod on all their corns. He lit up their frauds, their self-seeking hypocrisies. And on top of that, he did miracles that only God could do. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And they wanted him dead. During his incarnation, Jesus went about doing good. He said point blank, I am the light of the world. The religious leaders did not want light shining on their schemes, thank you very much. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. They didn't want that either. They wanted him dead. Remember, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So the Christ of God became our Passover in obedience to his Father God, the prophesied replacement for all the religious rites that were then in place. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This kind of sacrifice was grisly, brutal stuff. Blood had to be shed, life taken. The end of the necessary process was Death. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dung. So he opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53, 4-7 Prophesied And verse 11 Absolutely wonderfully for all who come to him he shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Psalm 107 verse 9 tells us He satisfieth the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Do this in remembrance of me. John 1, 1-5 says this, and I love it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The light of the world, right there in front of their eyes, could not penetrate that darkness. So tragically, the world saw no light. Their eyes had been blinded by their father, the devil. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John chapter 8, verse 12. Do this in remembrance of me. Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, God's chosen people, their scriptures. They didn't get it because they didn't want the Son of God messing up their plans. But to those who had eyes to see, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." That's Matthew 5, 14-16. We have work to do. Isaiah 9-2 reads, The people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. And then of the coming Messiah, chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Messiah. He is altogether lovely. Grace is poured upon his lips. No man ever spake like this man. The Christ of God, the Saviour of the world. We have work to do. So they crucified him and it was about the sixth hour and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. God is in the business of dividing the light from the darkness. There was darkness over all the earth, and the sun was darkened. Men loved, ra- uh, men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I loved darkness, thrived in it. And just like the scribes and Pharisees and so many others back then, I thought, I'd thought up plenty of ways of dodging uncomfortable, nasty truths as generations have done since the Lord Jesus walked the dusty roads around Israel. Mm-hmm. Psalm 74 verse 20 talks of the dark places of the earth as being full of the habitations of cruelty. No light needed, no light wanted. How very different is this? Out of darkness into his marvellous light. <sighs> 1 Peter 2.9 And this, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 1 John 1.5 no light and the world thinks no accountability no problem but then but God there is eternity and that's where God lives and so will we all but where? because there are the only two eternal destinations that are available heaven and hell only two think of the difference if you can The new Jerusalem, the family of God, the bride of Christ, streets of gold. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. (laughs) Wow, Revelation 21, verse 23. Awfully, dreadfully, the alternative, the lack of fire. Eternal torment, eternal burning, eternal darkness eternal destruction and eternal separation from God and his blessings. A great gulf fixed. There's so much more about light in God's word, Christ's transfiguration, Saul of Tarsus, knocked to the ground by that blinding light, the veil on Moses' face, and this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no virile no the shadow of turning. James 1, 17. Do this in remembrance of me. Yes, please, dear Lord Jesus, I am here because I simply cannot do anything to save myself. Only God can do that, and you are God. You are the great I am. Thank you for leaving heaven's unimaginable beauty and glory and light for us, for me. Thank you for bearing the wrath of a righteous and holy God that I absolutely deserved. Thank you for loving us that much. The Lord's Supper is to magnify and glorify you, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, as we do this in remembrance of you.